Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, yeah, live around the world on the Internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning, my friends. Good morning. It is The Michael Duke Show, and uh, it is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking stuff. Uh, you could find us out on the interwebs at michaelduke where you'll find links to the audio only uh, podcast or uh, stream rather the podcast for sure uh, and uh, links to everything else including our social media sites where we uh, simulcast the radio show every morning on Facebook YouTube and Twitch as well if you want to come out and if you want to see what you're missing on the radio it's not much. You're not you're not missing much at this point. Uh, welcome to the program, and thank you for coming to Thursday. Uh, today, oh baby, it's just you and me. It is just you and me, and we are ready to get into it. Things are starting to pop off in the legislature almost immediately, <clears throat> and I am... Uh, I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, I'm kind of uh, I'm I'm interested to see how the battle lines are going to be drawn for um, for, uh, you know, the this coming legislative session. Uh, There's been a lot of anticipation waiting to see, you know, what was what, who was going to be fighting for what cause, what exactly was happening and more. And uh uh, today we get to see the first peak of what took place uh, yesterday, which was the first full day of the session. Um, although in our discussions with uh, with uh, Senator Rob Myers yesterday and Mike Shower, looked like this week might be a little slow. Um, but um, I don't know. I think there might be some things happening here that uh, that uh, kind of signal the fact that. Uh, some of our legislators, especially on the House side, are kind of in a take no prisoner mode, and uh, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to to get into it here and and to talk about it. So uh, also, I want to get your take on things today and what you expect from the legislative session, whether it's <clears throat> you know same as usual not much, or you expect great things, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, And so today we're also going to let you uh, drive the bus, so to speak, and uh, and, and come up with some topics and just chit-chat. So this is the water cooler discussion. This is water cooler Thursdays, I guess, where we just kind of sit around the water cooler at work or the coffee pot or the pot-bellied stove in the old hardware store. How, whatever, whatever, um, imagery you need to use to get uh, to get with the program that's what um, that's what we're going to be doing today so phone lines are now open 
And we are ready to go at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you would like to call in, we would love to hear what you have to say. So feel free to feel free to smile and dial, my friends. Let's uh, let's get it going on and come on down and uh, and be part of it with us here. That's what uh, that's what we want to uh, get into and talk about. I also want to talk a little bit about um, well, there's there's some interesting um, there's a, there's an interesting trend, I guess I should say, in the dichotomy. I for some sometimes you know I get some of the weirdest emails. Um, I don't know if people are just like searching for. Um, um, public figures or what, but sometimes I get the weirdest press releases out of the, just out of the blue. Like, who are you and how did you get my email address? Not that my email address is secret or anything, but how did you get my email address and why are you sending it to me? Um, But that being said, it also gives me some interesting insight into things that are happening around the state. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that as well, which is this big push for Internet um, in the rural areas, the bush and other communities. And um, what my solution to that would be if it was me, I'm just if it was me, what would my what would my answer be to fixing some of these things? So anyway, we uh, <clears throat> we're going to uh, we're going to we're going to talk through this here and put it all together and uh, and and kind of chit-chat about all that as well. But most importantly, phone calls, emails, chats from the chat room. So if you want to participate on the program today, those are the ways that you can uh, come in and join us. 907-433-3150. You can drop me an email, me at michaeldukeshow.com. I actually even have the email window open. So if you want to uh, if you want to check that out, you can come on in and and uh, um, and just do that. I'll see your email and or and or you can join us on Facebook or YouTube. Facebook's easy. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke show uh, slash live. That's the best way to participate. So. Um, all right. What do I got? I got a bunch of uh, stuff to get started with. But since. Uh, well, the phones, uh, I guess, reign supreme today, and I already, I already, I just looked up and realized I already have a phone call. So I guess we get started. Uh, I guess we get started over there. So let's uh, let woo, let's uh, let's let's get back to that and see what uh, you have to say. We'll go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, Mike. Jeff from Homer. Hey, Maine, though. Hey Jeff, I was listening to you this morning. What's um, what's happening? What's I, uh, I got a few ideas for the government, um, and and I've been spreading it down here. Okay, one of them is uh, just uh, one single thing on a bill. We've heard that before, haven't we? Haven't we talked about that? Yes, we have. But I got a whole bunch of them here. I'd like to put in there now. One would be let's do away with lobbyists. Period. No more lobbyists. And then the last one we'd have one line, one thing on one bill, so we know what we're voting on, and then. We'd make a rule across this country or in every state that nobody, 
and I mean nobody, shall give more than $100 to any campaign, anywhere, anyhow. That means Zuckerbergs. That means Gates. That means you. That means me. That means every person on this planet in this United States of America. And guess what? They'd have to work for us because there's more of us than there is them. And we do away with special interests, and we might get something done then. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's it. You've got you've got it all figured. You've got it all figured out. That's it. You've got it all figured out. Just you know, hundred dollars, one simple line, no lobbyists. That's 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 how you fix it all. Well, that would do away with all the cheating, lying, and and uh, uh, power that they have. Take that power and put it back in our hands. And basically, you know, you know, it, it's hard to do. They say, but uh, that's only because they're up there in that in that seat. I mean, they all tell lies every day. Uh, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get that done until they get there and find out how hard that is. But if we could just do something like that, just the hundred dollar thing would be one great thing, and slow those lobbyists down is another great thing. But and the the one the one line, one thing bill. I mean, just one thing, nothing attached, would be just 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 amazing. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it's our government. They're supposed to be working for us. They all raise their hand. They all say, I swear to protect the Constitution, and they don't even read it. And most of them don't even understand it, I don't think, because of some of the things they do. Yeah. Well, most everything they do. So there are some that are good, but I've found same here, same everywhere, doing a study on it right now. All the good people that go into government last two to three years, they won't take bribes the money. They get out because they can't take. So what do you got left? Right, right. <laughs> so everybody that stays a long time, you were there. How long did you stay? Yeah, you know, right, exactly, point. right. Um, you know, and and so it's it's this deal where we're not getting the best of the best that are in our interest. We're getting the ones that will take the the money and run. You know, join the join the club. So to speak. Well, and let me, you know, looking at government, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, Please let me, me, let me play devil's advocate here on a couple of things. So, uh, I don't think that you could, um, honestly ban lobbyists. I don't know how much good it would do, but that's kind of a first amendment thing. Uh, so I don't think that you would, I don't think you could get around the constitutional aspects of that. Although, I mean, I would like to see some better kind of reporting on that kind of stuff and, and, and more information there. The hundred dollar contribution limit. I mean, that's doable. Uh, but again, you've got the question of, uh, outside monies and how much could PACs do? How much could, you know, dark money, you know, how much could non-candidate, uh, uh, you know, organizations do? The problem with something like that, if you say you can only donate $100 to a candidate, that's great. But then you've got these independent expenditures, which are, according to the law, they're not affiliated with a candidate, but they can still be in support of a candidate. So then you'd have the millions of dollars that go into other elections would go into these independent expenditures and smaller candidates would have no way to compete with that. So, I mean, I don't know. That may do more harm than good. And then well, the single line on the on the, on the the uh, bills, well, we've already got a single subject rule. Although, again, I think it's problematic, to say the least. I wish we could make things a little less complicated. I like where you're going. I'm just trying to figure out how to make it work. Well, well you take like the $100 thing. It's like. If you're a guide here in the state right here, it's written up 
no form of remuneration for any services rendered, meaning if you and I go hunting for the day and you put a five in my dash, I can't do that. You don't have a guy's license. So it's all in the trouble with most things that I see in politics. When you read how it's written, you you have to, number one, know the big words that are in there. And number two, you have to look at all the cases where that would apply just as you were speaking and that's another thing, you know, what's the old thing if we do away with all the lawyers, the old joke, uh, the lawyers who went shark fishing didn't get a bite, sharks won't bite a shark, you know, stuff like that. Um, but it's it's incredible what you see in there, you know what I mean? And, this, you know, I don't know if people really understand what the swamp is, and I'll tell you what the swamp is. If you want to see it, go down to D.C., go out on the, the, the uh, bypass, and you can see the whole thing. You can see the Capitol off there, and, you know, the throughway goes down through some of the the important buildings, but you can look out and see the Capitol building, the White House, and and what you don't understand from all the pictures of White House and the Capitol is you can't see what's around it, okay, but you can right there, and you can see hundreds of buildings on each side back around there, and there's thousands and thousands of offices in there. Right, right. That's the swamp. There are people that are experts on every doggone, go research it, every doggone thing that you want to see or know about. All right, and if they don't, they hire somebody. Hey, we got to have somebody for this, and this is how they write those forty thousand page bills overnight because they got forty thousand people there to to do it one page a piece. You see what I mean? That is the swamp that they built. Okay, that's around them, that supports them. Right, and it's incredible if you get anywhere near it and dangerous. Yeah. By the way. No, I mean, it's, so you gotta be careful. it's definitely it, frustrating for those it, of us who are just, you know, look, for those of us who are just, uh, you know, regular citizens out here watching the whole sausage being made, it's definitely frustrating. And I like right. where your head is. I like where you're going. I'm just trying to figure out how do you implement mm. something like that legally and, and make it work uh, for sure. Um, that's, a, well, that's, a, you know, that's the thing that we need a team that big to do it with. And I'll leave you with this, Mike. If you want to see the lifeblood of this country right here, get up in the morning, well, get in your airplane, fly it over here with a small airplane, big airplane, I don't care what you want to do, fly over New York, fly over your own city, and you'll see rush hour. There's, there's lights on, okay? And at night, there's lights on coming back. And it's all over the country. I've flown around enough to know. I've flown on private planes, helicopters, big planes. And you look down and you see that city movement, okay? And when you come back by at night, it's going the other way. Those are the hundreds of thousands of people that go to work and pay their taxes right. and take care of this country. That is the lifeblood of this country, okay? And you can see it. It's like veins coming out of those cities and towns and everywhere around, no matter where you go. It's bigger here and littler over there, but there's a lot of it. We have a vast infrastructure. And they know that, and they know how much tax they can get out of everybody. And the worst part about it all is, is we pay tax on tax on tax, right. you know, and they, they make you want to think you've got to pay an income tax when they don't even need it. It's just well, another part of the ball remember, they want. Remember the so founding they, fathers. They, they want us to play ball with them. Yeah. I was just going to say, remember the founding yep. fathers. They, uh, you know, they threw a, they threw a little tea party over a 2% tax on mail and look at where we're at today. Yeah. Look at all the taxes that we're at here. Uh, I mean, it's uh it's yeah. it's it's pretty crazy, but I agree with you. Uh, and of course, I know the burning question for many people out there who are listening to you is: When is Jeff coming back to Alaska? Are you going to stay in Maine, or are you coming back? I'm coming, Mike. I got a lot of stuff to sell here. I'm trying to get rid of houses, lots, 
subdivisions and stuff that I got here that I got to get rid of so I can retire and work on some of this stuff. I don't have to work anymore. So, there you go. But I've been I've been putting in some plugs here. You know, I, I'm not far from D.C. I'm not far from the governor's office here. And, and uh, we just had a little thing here where we've had a cold spell and nobody's getting their oil because the trucks only can drive just so many hours and they don't have extra drivers. So I've done this before. Get a hold of the governor. Hey, open that up. You've got the right to get these trucks so they can work. Get the oil for the people. Don't let the oil people get the, the old people get cold and people get cold here. Right. So right. They're, they're at that. Uh, you know, just those kind of things. But, you know, all the people around you, this is this takes a house, okay? Everybody needs to think the same way. If you see something that's a problem, get a hold of your legislature. Get a hold of your governor's office. They have a right. hotline. Give them an idea. Sometimes your ideas work. Sometimes they don't. They might not give you credit. They might take credit for it. So what? At least they got right. Don't grow. Yeah, don't grow. attention. Yeah, don't grow weary in well doing is what we need to, is what we need to remember here, Jeff. Don't don't get tired of doing the right thing. I agree with you. Hold the line for just a second here, Jeff. Uh, folks, we're up against the break. We got more coming up. Phone lines are open at 907-433-3150. What do you think of Jeff's ideas? I mean, it, I mean, they, I don't know how tenable they are as to getting them in, you know, in, implemented, but not a bad set of ideas to begin with. Uh, we'll be back with more of the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break. Uh, Jeff, I'm sorry, I was running out of time. I just I'll give you the floor here for the last minute here uh, for what you uh, what you want to say. Again, I, I agree with you know the premise of what you're talking about. I don't know how to get them implemented because again, there's some constitutional issues, I think, with the lobbyists and everything else. But I mean, you're pointing out some of the bigger problems oh, yeah. that we're having for sure. Well, it's 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 to get everybody's minds thinking, I know, I know it's tough. This, everything you touch has a rule or something else they've done to make it all right. You know, not that it is all right. You know, um, but the uh, the only thing you can do is shame them once in a while. I don't even know if you can shame them anymore. You know, you used to be able to shame them into a few things, but it's it's uh, it's really a shame in my mind that they can't get along because one's a Democrat, one's a Republican, one hates the other, and that's what's going. The hate is incredible right now and it's uh almost to the point where it's annoying and and i just don't watch mainstream tv anymore because i go with what i know from legislatures and people that i know that are in the in the house and the senate and you know and whatnot but to see democrats just pissed off at republicans and the things they're doing some of that needs to be stopped you know i mean it's, it's incredible what they're doing to trump you know but yet biden gets away with murder and and uh, you know it's it's incredible the way they're they're handling things. I mean, you know we had ships over across the seas. I got guys in the military now still that I know, and they've been shot at a hundred times. And our national security officer is in the hospital, and nobody knew it. You know, I mean that's incredible to me. But I didn't want to say this on the radio. So this migrant thing, people ask me, and I said, look, it's. It's as close to slavery as it can come because they they now have officers right here in Augusta going in. They put it on the news yesterday that they're going they've got migrant people coming into this office to hire all these migrants and put them in jobs at homes. And they're low end jobs. They admit it. They're jobs that most Americans don't want to do anymore. 
So they're going to bring all these people in here, give them licenses, make them voters, number one. Number two, they're paying for their way in. Uh, they're running the HMOs that are bringing them across the border, and they're bringing them in for a workforce, but they're not checking them for terrorists and everything else, which is crazy too. And, uh, but basically, if you look at it, exactly what they did when they brought the slaves in. They brought them in to work on the farm so they could make more money, put them up in a house. Right. You know, well, they made more money. Yeah. You know, some uh, of our forefathers were that. You know, if you do your history and look at it, when you analyze this thing and put two and two together, what's happening now, bringing them in here and what we did shipping them over years ago. Not we, I mean, you and I didn't do it. Forefathers did it. But and it's not a lot of difference, you know. So um, it, it's incredible what what's going on. I just, you know, I but I said years ago they left to fence this country because we have the heartland grows most of the food. They lie a lot, you know. Yeah, Ukraine's grain's gone. We're not gonna we grow more grain. We throw grain away, you know, in, right out in the heartland. And our farmers can grow as much as they want. And it's uh, there's an incredible a lot of things that go on with the government not telling, you know, so they can say something else, you know, like, and, you know, the whole nine yards. So it's, it is a, it is a full-time job just to figure out what the heck they're doing for the day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So most people don't have the time for it. And you're very correct. They won't go on their own way. They're the ones in the cars going to work, selling stuff, doing what they do and coming back home and relaxing. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, but this whole government thing, for me, is is totally out of whack. It's not what our forefathers asked for. It's not, you know, I raise my hand, I'm going to work for you and everybody right. else in this country. It's they're working for themselves, man. Now, I mean, it's as simple as that. You know, the, the Soruses and the the Schumers and the, the even some of the Republicans. You know, Lindsey Graham, uh, people like that. Uh, you know, he's married to the Premier's daughter in China. They just announced they're having a crash because they think Trump's going to win now. See, well, it's and, and yeah. So it's I gotta I gotta I gotta go here, Jeff. But yeah, the American people are very resilient. So. Like I said, it's uh, your ideas definitely have some merit. It's some interesting stuff. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be looking forward to uh, seeing more. Thank you so much, Jeff, for calling in. We appreciate you being part of it. Uh, that brings us up to the next segment, folks. We got to go here. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. Let's get it going on. I'd love to hear you guys give us a call right now. The Michael Duke Show, not your daddy. Wait, sorry, not your daddy. Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. <laughs> Whew, I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael Dukes and the show. Okay, uh, welcome back to the program, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Thursday, open line, open forum today. We just finished up with Jeff, who uh, <clears throat> normally calls us from Homer, but who's been stuck back in Maine trying to tidy up his affairs so he can get back to Alaska again. Uh, always good to know that uh, we're reaching out beyond the uh, reaching out beyond the uh, uh, edge of uh, of Alaska, talking about different things. Uh, but we'd love to hear what you guys have to say this morning. If you would like to uh, sound off. Again, 907-433-3150. Any topic is fair game. And I think Jeff's ideas, um, you know, have some, I mean, they have some merit. 
Um, but again, I don't know exactly how you institute it. Uh, the, uh, the lobbyist thing is, um, well, I mean, it's frustrating because, I mean, first and foremost, people have the right to uh, petition their government, right? And so if you don't have the time to go do it yourself or your organization doesn't have the, you know, sometimes it's best to, to you know, hire an advocate or a voice or something like that. So, I mean, I, I see that being, um, I mean, I, I see that being a solution is that lobbyists, but, but it needs to be clear, it needs to be concise. I mean, you need to know who and they need to not have special access. They need to wait in line just like everybody else and do all the other things. I think you'd have, again, some real issues trying to uh, uh, trying to eliminate lobbying completely. But it sure would be nice to have, again, a little bit more clear reporting on who's lobbying for what. And uh, I mean, that's a lucrative. <clears throat> by the way, that's a lucrative deal. Um, I remember when uh, I was on the borough assembly, of course, the Fairbanks North Star Borough Assembly had a lobbyist, and I'm sure still does have a lobbyist. Uh, but that was a significant chunk of money uh, for, uh, for you know, and because lobbyists, they don't just work on one thing, right? You've got a lobbyist that works for one borough, and then they probably work for a school district or something, or they work for some of, they have two or three or four clients that they are then going to the legislature and trying to convince that this is what they, you know, this is what they need. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, yeah, the, the, from what I recall, it was $50,000, $60,000 a session for you to go down and advocate for like the borough assembly or something like that. These contracts were fifty dollars to $100,000, depending on the time frame and the year and how long. And so, sure, if I get paid $50,000 to go down to the session and try and convince the legislature that my client needs what they need, but it's not just one client, I've got two or three of them and they're they're $50,000, $100,000 a piece, I mean, pretty soon you're talking about real money, you know? Uh, And, of course, you also have that buildup of uh, recognition and, uh, you know, uh, where people get used to your face, you know. So if you're a lobbyist who's been in Juno for five years or ten years, you know, you know, you get it's. It, it, I don't know if it's preferential treatment, but since they know you, they're like, oh yeah, just go on in and see the legislator X or whatever, and because you know we know who you are and you've been around and you've got your points of view, and I mean it's a hell of a gig. Um, and I'd be lying if I thought for a brief period of time after I started to see how much lobbyists were making, I thought, man, maybe I could go be a lobbyist for some. <laughs> then I'm like, no, I couldn't do that. But I mean, I thought about it. I thought about it. And then you go look at the red because there's a registry, right? Uh, most people don't realize that there's a registry of lobbyists uh, that they have to register with the state. And then you have to say who their clients are and everything else. <clears throat> and if you backtrack and go back through and look at the especially for public organizations where they've got a public budget and you realize, ooh, doggy, man, these, you know, some of these uh, lobbyists are making three, four hundred thousand dollars a year. And I mean, I'm sure they're lobbying year round, but most of their work is taking place during the session. So it's like, okay, that's, it's, it's good, good work if you can find it. Good work if you can find it. That's for sure. Um, all right. So anyway, uh, whatever you guys want to talk about here, we're getting ready to uh, go on. I got another call on hold. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the ranked choice voting bill, which, uh, came out of rules yesterday. 
We'll discuss that as well. 907-433-3150. Let's go over here and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Jeremy in Kisilov. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Jeremy. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, the problem with what Jeff was saying is that the Supreme Court already ruled that corporations are persons, and therefore so are all these little nonprofits and everything else, so you can't really do that. You're talking Supreme court ruled on that years ago. Yeah, you're talking about Citizens United. Uh, you're talking about the contributions, or are you talking about lobbyists? What, what what part specifically are you talking about? Pretty much, well, both. Yeah. I mean, they already ruled on that, so it, you'd ha- you'd pretty much have to take it all the way to the. Supreme Court to get rid of contributions and lobbyists. I mean, they're not going away. Yeah, I think that was my point, is that contributions can be set by state legislators, legislatures, and everything else. I mean, we've done that here in the state of Alaska, right? Uh, They just, they set the contribution limit and then they eliminated it. Now they're trying to reinstitute it, et cetera, et cetera. But the problem is, is that even if you were able to wave a magic wand and you know, create a limit on what individuals could contribute to a campaign or to a to a pol- politician. There are still the independent expenditure groups that have no connection, right? They may support a candidate, but they have no direct connection to a candidate, and they could spend well, whatever Michael, the hell they want. That way, only the corporations will have a voice, and the people will be limited to a hundred bucks. Yeah, no, that was my point. That was what I was saying is that that would be the that would be the downside. You know, you got a right. independent expenditure spending a million dollars on a candidate that can only raise ten thousand dollars at a hundred dollars a crack. That's a that's a tough campaign to win. Yeah, and so then uh, online corporations would be able to create these super PACs and get whoever they want elected, basically. I mean, yeah. I'm not anti-corporation or anything, but... Uh, no, but I, I think... I mean, if, yeah. if they're going to have a voice, then so should the people, right? Yeah, no, I think you're pointing out exactly what I was pointing out, that this is the, that is the problem, that if we, if we limited individuals to their $100 contribution, that's not going to slow down corporations, PACs, independent expenditure groups. It's not going to slow those other – the dark money, right? I mean, we're, it's not going to slow any of that stuff down. So uh, it's uh, – No, it's yeah. not. To me, that's just uh, limiting even more. I mean, right from the people versus like the ones who have all kinds of money. Right. I agree. I agree with you, Jeremy. It's good to hear from you. Thank you for calling in this morning. I appreciate you sounding yeah, off. You too, Michael. Have a good day, sir. All right. Thank you. Uh, that's Jeremy down in Kasilov, uh calling in this morning uh, on the program. 907-433-3150 if you want to uh, be part of the conversation today. Well, the House Judiciary Committee voted yesterday to advance a bill, according to uh, Iris Samuels over at the ADN, that would repeal ranked choice voting and 
the open primaries. Uh, the bill was first proposed last year by Sarah Vance, and it was a way, of course, to undo the catastrophic vote of the ballot measure that was narrowly approved by Alaska voters. Uh, the committee advanced uh, voted to advance the bill on a five to two basis, all five Republicans in favor and the two uh, committee Democrats running opposed. And now it goes to the House Finance Committee. Um, it uh, hasn't gone to the Senate at all yet and is likely to face a severe uphill battle in the Senate as most of the members there say that ranked choice voting is just fine and they love it. Uh, so this is one of those things where we might be, um, <clears throat> we, we may have a hard, um, we, we may have a hard uphill battle on this one. Uh, the 2020 ballot measure, of course, had put in several changes, which were first uh, implemented in 2022, replacing the closed primaries with an open jungle primary and also put ranked choice voting in place. Uh, but of course, they told us that it was really all about dark money, right? I mean, that's what they wanted to fix was the dark money. Um, originally, Vance had put the bill in that would have only just repealed the ranked choice voting, uh, but she proposed an amendment uh, and the open primaries. She proposed an amendment on Wednesday, adopted again on five to two lines, to repeal the campaign reporting requirements as well. Now, I haven't read that portion of the amendment or the bill, and I don't know what's going on, but I do I want to know what exactly um, I want to know exactly which part of the reporting requirements are being um, are being repealed. Although I have to laugh because Cliff Grow, uh, the Anchorage Democrat, uh, said uh, said in the committee and asked Vance, he said, did people in your district come to you and say, we like dark money. Please increase the role of dark money in Alaska elections. He said, because I've met a number of people in my district who are concerned about the role of dark money in Alaska politics. And to which Ben Carpenter said, uh, he said, the term dark money used by supporters of the new reporting requirements, he says, is a scare tactic that really doesn't mean anything. Although we've seen how effective it is. Dark money. Do you want to vote with dark money? Uh, Carpenter went on to say the reporting requirements don't make it any more transparent than it was prior, the new reporting requirements. He said, I believe the voters have a buyer's remorse attitude right now in regards to the ranked choice voting process, to which I would agree. That, I think, is a, I think many people who were suckered in by the whole dark money thing are be like, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm confused. I, I thought this was about dark money, and yet we see hundreds of thousands of dollars pouring into these local campaigns and things like that. So again, anyway, it's going over to the House Finance Committee. Is it going to go anywhere? I don't know. Um, it, I, I would hope so. Of course, the um, the repeal group is out there, and they've submitted all their signatures to the Division of Elections. The uh, Alaskans for Honest Elections, they've submitted all their signatures. So we'll see what the lieutenant governor says on uh, on her end of the world. But um, we'll it's going to be interesting one way or the other. I'm assuming we're going to be voting on this or this is going to be in front of the legislature soon, one way or the other. All right. We got to go. Uh, the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty based, free thinking radio.
We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the, on the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um, I think Jeff is just hanging out with us on the phone here to listen, uh, probably because he can't stream the show. So I've got Jeff. Let me actually mark his name here so I don't accidentally. So I don't accidentally hang up on him. Jeff. There we go. I just changed it on the thing so I could see who it is so I don't kill Jeff's phone call. All right. Um, did I see the piece in Reason about rank choice voting? I did. I read through it yesterday, um, and it is uh, it was interesting. Uh, the kind of the pro and con side of that, um, and but it was I I read it, but I didn't pontificate on it. If you know what I mean, like I read through it and I kind of you know, but I haven't internalized it yet to really think about it. But I did read the article yesterday. I saw it and I was like, wow. Um, that would be an interesting that would be an interesting debate and conversation to have there. That was that was, you know, that's right. Um, all right. Let me go back up here. If you track actual spending. Uh, the biggest winners from Citizens United was Labor Union. Their spending has gone up a lot more than corporations. Yeah, I know. It was always it was always the left that was so bent out of shape about Citizens United, but they seem to have been the biggest beneficiaries. <laughs> of of all that when it's all said and done um uh vance's bill completely repeals ballot measure number two the reporting requirements must have been the last thing that was there from ballot measure number two so it's a it's an interesting thing um okay let me go backwards here um uh, if you place if you call what um um, exactly. Uh, Kyle says exactly. I don't know exactly what B- B- Kyle is saying. The cool thing about living in the great white North. Um, uh, oh, he might be replying to <laughs> Jeremy said the cool thing about living in the great white North is that the elements will keep most of the asshats out. And I think Kyle was saying exactly to that. Uh, I can't see. So one bad thing about the software that I use to simulcast the show uh, everywhere is that I can't see the threads, the comment threads. I just see the individual comments. So sometimes somebody makes a comment about something that I'm like, that's totally out of context. Um, let's see. Um, going backward. Uh, Donna says, wow. Oh, savage. Donner says, it's not familiarity with the lobbyist faces. It's familiarity with the lobbyist checkbooks. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, yeah. Oof. Bad. Um, all right. I'm still scrolling backwards here. Uh, Jeannie says, I've got to go. I've said it before. Paid lobbyists got to go. Speech is free. Bribery is wrong. Simplify elections. Yeah, I mean it's a again, it's a hard um it's a it's a hard thing to justify with free speech and and everything else. I mean, I I don't know if I can I just think that there has to be some more oversight in 
lobbying. Like, I mean, Donna just said it, you know, the familiarity with their checkbooks, you know, we, the bribery issue or the favors or the going out to dinners or whatever. That's part of the problem. If you just want to have somebody go down there and advocate for you, I can see that being a right and wanting to do it. But it just. It's the human condition. It's the human condition of greed. That's what it's all about right now. Uh, sure was blowing hard last night. Holy cow, you should have seen it here. It was 24 degrees above zero, but the wind chill factor put it at like 10 below. The wind was cooking at like 35, 45 miles an hour down here at the house last night. I was like, oh. Um, okay. Um, make packs illegal. Go, go, Sarah. Um, they still need to keep pushing, says Richard. Someone also needs to get term limits on the ballot as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I think term limits definitely would, uh, that's an interesting discussion because again, I'm, I'm for term limits on, uh, politicians, but that also leaves a lot of powers in the hands of bureaucrats who are there for life, right? So there's a balance there. You've got the bureaucracy. If you if you just do nothing but recycle new politicians in and out, they're only there for two years or four years and then they go, then that gives more of the day-to-day power to the bureaucrats. And that scares me as well. I mean, is there a perfect solution to this? No. I mean, unfortunately, there's not. <sighs> okay. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um uh-oh, Bill. Bill says uh, he's having so much for last, having lasting effects from that back injection. Sometimes it's cumulative, Bill. I'll tell you because I've had the same injections. Sometimes it takes more than once to get the, the long-term effects of it. But it's worth it in the long run. All right, we got to go. Uh, the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the things. Hit me with it. Let's go. <laughs> And a net food of It's like a big surf party. Name of that piece. Name of that piece of music is called Longboard, and all I can think of is it's the big California surf party, you know. And Annette Funicello. Uh, all right. Um, welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show. Hour one of the program continues this morning. And we are talking about, well, stuffing things. Whatever we want to chat about. Whatever we want to chat about. We want to hear what you guys have to say. So the phone lines are open at 907-433-3150. 907 907- Four three 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 one five zero. If you want to uh, call in this morning and sound off and be part of the program, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Feel free to give us a ring, and uh, we'll we, we're we're ready to go. We're gonna we're gonna dive into this, and uh, <clears throat> we'll see what uh, we'll see what uh, what you have to say. Come on down and let's uh, let's let's be part of it here. 
I just now, the, the Alaska Senate majority just one minute ago dropped their latest. Their press, their press person uh, continues to uh, collate all the news that's around the, the state that affects the, the different senators in the majority. And, and, uh, he, he, and they just now dropped all the stories from yesterday and the day before. Uh, Alaska senator vows to kill renewable energy bill as debate heats up over. Oh man, okay, I'm gonna have to. Republican senator Jesse Bjorkman says a bill in his committee that sets green power targets for electric utilities going nowhere. Okay, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to read into some of these things during the, over the break here and and get back to it. Um, but let's uh, let's. Let's uh, let's see what else is uh, out there. What else did I want to talk about? Oh, this is a story that I've been holding on to for a while. This came out about a week ago, and um, uh, and and I hadn't heard really anybody else talk about it. Um, actually, this came out a couple of weeks ago. Now I've, I've held on to it for quite a while. You know, look, I live out in the uh, I live out in Wasilla, and I live out uh, on Kanit Goose Bay Road, which is. You know, one of the most dangerous roads in the state. Um, it, you know, more. I've lived here for ten years, and I think twelve or thirteen people have died on this road since we've lived here, including the first day that we came out to look at the place and uh, and check everything out. There was a massive act. Somebody died. It's a. It, you know, it's just very congested. The road. They're now currently expanding it and doing everything else and making it double lanes all the way down and all that. But. It's still a real, you know, 30,000 people a day drive on this road uh, just down from my house. I can I can see it. I can see my from my porch. I can see Russia from my porch. And, of course, the big discussion uh, was always, uh, well, hey, you know, the Knick Arm Bridge is, uh, you know, that's the way to alleviate a lot of the congestion, the traffic to make, you know, to give Anchorage. Uh, to give a safety valve for Anchorage so that people can get out uh, of Anchorage another way if they need to. I still remember in 20, was it 2018 or 2017? No, it must have been before then. It must have been 2016 when they, they there was a death on the highway and they closed the highway coming into Anchorage for like 36 hours. People who needed to get into town couldn't get into town to go to jobs and go to work and everything else because there was literally no other way to get into Anchorage and they closed the highway down. And so this is, you know, a life, health, safety, uh, access issue, everything else. But the Knick Arm, of course, uh, the Knick Arm Bridge got relegated to the becoming the bridge to nowhere, which is not true, but that's it's a phrasing and, you know, that labeling matters. Right. They can get into it. Labeling matters. Well, Nat Hers over at the um, <clears throat> Northern Journal uh, wrote this story and uh, was picked up by the uh, picked up by the Alaska Beacon. And I saw this and I was like, wow, this is a so state transportation leaders say they're taking another look at the idea of the Knick arm. But instead of a bridge. They're taking a look at using a tunnel to connect the city of Anchorage with the connect arm in the Matsu borough. Uh, of course, the idea of the connect arm bridge uh, was 
you know, that was a big sticking point. Part of the problem was that the landing site for the bridge on the other side was uh, the Government Hill neighborhood there in Anchorage. And there was some very vocal people about, uh, you know, not not in my backyard, not in my backyard. Um, and a 2019 study estimated that the uh, construction uh, cost for the bridge would be somewhere about, well, under just under a billion dollars, $900 million and change. Um, the controversial plan had been largely dormant in recent years after independent former Governor Bill Walker stopped work on it amid a state budget shortfall in 2016. Um, three years later, Mike Dunleavy removed restrictions on advancing the bridge, but uh, his administration has made little tangible progress, according to uh, Nat Hurst. But a previous analysis in 2003 examined the idea of a, of a tunnel instead of a bridge. And now, given significant increases in tunneling technology, I'm thinking the Boring Company. I don't know if you know who the Boring Company is. That's Elon Musk. He's the one that created the Boring Company after looking at the congestion in some of these major cities. He's like, he created a company just with a boring machine that would go underground and create tunnels under the street instead of, anyway. Uh, now, he said, uh, the state transportation department is now taking another look at the concept, according to the commissioner, Ryan Anderson, in an email. Uh, he said, we continue with our due diligence efforts in evaluating the merits of a strengthened Matsu Anchorage connection. These exploratory discussions uh, is that's exactly it. They are dis they're they're exploratory discussions. There's no actions being taken. They're also examining the use of tunnels for upgrades of the Seward Highway between Anchorage and Girdwood. Uh, in both cases, the agency is looking at whether tunnels could reduce costs and per permitting requirements. For highway projects, tunnels could cut off curves and require less work to realign a parallel railroad bed. I mean, that you know, you got the tunnel in uh, you know between France and England. You got, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if tunnels are cheaper or not, but anything to get the good. You know, what killed me was that. The landing site for the bridge is like four miles from my house. That's with the proposed landing site for the Kinnick River Bridge. And this is so, this is just me being selfish. I sure would have liked that because it would have made my trip into Anchorage like 20 minutes instead of an hour and five minutes, right? I sure would have liked that. That would have been great. And so, if it's a tunnel instead of a bridge, great. I didn't, that just great. How do we do it? Where do we sign up? Is it a toll bridge? Is it a toll tunnel? Great. Show me where. I mean, just show me where to do it. But uh, I had I hadn't seen this article come up anywhere else. And Nat Herz talked about it about two weeks ago, and I wanted to bring it up. What do you think? Tunnel or bridge or none at all? Should we just suffer in silence out here in the Matsu and just deal with it because this is where we chose to live because it would hurt too many people in Anchorage with, I don't know, whatever. I mean, the, the big, the big push of course was the government Hill folks and the, the, they'd be some eminent domain stuff and things like that, which I can understand being upset about. But the other argument against the bridge was that it would uh, drop, it would reduce the, the property prices in Anchorage because all of a sudden people would have access, rapid access to the downtown Anchorage core, and they could live out in the Matsu. And that would drop the property prices in Anchorage down, and people didn't want that. 
we can't have. We can't have progress here. We want to stay in it. But, of course, they're struggling. to. They, they have housing issues all over Anchorage. And, uh, I mean, they're desperately trying to do things in their own backyard right now to try and incentivize new houses to be built and everything else. But nobody can afford it. But uh, anyway, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thought. I would, hey, I'm all for it. I'd buy a I'd buy a toll pass to to use a bridge or a tunnel, twenty bucks a month or whatever. Sure, yeah. I mean, I would save that much, at least in gas alone. All right, uh, we got to go. Hour two dead ahead. The Michael Duke Show. Phone lines are open. 907-433-3150. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Give us a ring. Right now, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Okay. Oh, Denise has got a cold. Sorry, Denise. Hot toddy time, Denise. A little medicinal, you know, little hot water, little lemon, little honey, little little slug of whiskey. That's medicinal right there, and it will make you feel a ton better. Absolutely a ton better. Um, uh, grand jury shenanigans. Uh, I haven't heard much since the court case went through. I suppose we should come back and, and, uh, anyway, it'll, it'll, it'll be thing. Um, uh, let's see. The seemingly random comments are the outgrowth of an uncaffeinated internal dialogues we're having in our own heads. Or maybe we're just messing with you. It very well could be. Uh, that that very well could be. And the uncaffeinated portion of me is like, what? 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 Um, Bill says the Knick Arm teleportation terminal is coming next, powered by green energy and your tax dollars. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, yeah. Uh, Brian says there also is a question of contamination cleanup or so I've heard on the bridge project or just on the crossing itself. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested here. Um, Gail says, oof, this is a novel. Heads up, House Rules Committee SB 140. Lyman Hoffman, he's the paid chairman of the board of the Bethel Native Corporation, would hold nearly $100 million in contracts to lay high-speed fiber lines. They want more money for high-speed internet when our state has great coverage of Starlink. A couple years ago, I was told Gnome Schools paid GCI internet $250,000 a month. We're funding the GCI to dinosaur. Tell them no. Let me star that because we're going to talk about that here in just a second. It's interesting. Um... Oh, there's Dunleavy's tagline, no tangible progress. 
Rick said, wow. Rick says, I will not go through a tunnel. <laughs> and Terry's like, Whittier tunnel freaks me out. Tunnel, water, mm, no. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I just, I'm just saying. Um, uh, David Boyle says my daughter's in King Salmon with Musk Starlink at $90 a month, lots of bandwidth and reliable. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. How did we get to the 18th of January already? I swear to God, the older you get, the faster your life flashes before your eyes. Maybe that's what they mean. When you die, your whole life flashes before your eyes. That's because you're old and everything is happening at light speed. <laughs> That's why. Oh, man. Um, uh, Jeannie's got some things to say about steroids. Uh, okay. All right. I'm just I'm just scrolling back here to make sure that I didn't miss anything in any of the comments from anything that was important here this morning. Uh, I'm all the way back to the I'm all the way back to the beginning now. Oh, except for Brian saying, and stop the fluoridation of drinking water. Because the fluoride in the water is making the frogs gay. That's right. Uh all right. So I think I'm back to the I think I'm back to the beginning. <laughs> all right. Okay. There we go. Uh, my great fear, car underwater, so tunnel is a no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you guys, come on. Come on. Don't you trust it? I mean, everybody goes under the Hudson Bridge and they go under the channel on the channel and they do all that kind of stuff. I mean, come on. Um... You think the internet is bad here? I had a friend in Puerto Vallarta that could only get 300 megabytes per minute. Not per second, but per minute. That's pretty slow. That's pretty That's pretty dang slow right there. That's for sure. Oh. Oh. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I think you're a little behind the curve there, aren't you? That was on Monday. Or is today the official day? Today's the actual day, and they just moved it to Monday. Uh, okay. Um, the U.S. House impeachment resolution hearing on Mayorkas. Uh, are you still paying attention to that, David? Are, are you still, you know, are you still paying attention to that stuff? Because... Is it doing you any good? How's that working out for you? When did important become part, uh, become a criteria for the chat room? If so, I'm in the wrong place. You know what I mean. Yes, yes, no, nothing's important here. This is all just, you know, it's all fun and games. It's all fun and games. Oh, all right. I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to get into the groove here. You guys are distracting me. I'm trying to get in the groove for hour two. We're ready to go. Let's get to it. Let's do it. Here we go. Hour two, the Michael Luke Show. Coppersheads Radio. Here we go.
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Duke Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com, where you'll find links to the audio-only stream. I just looked up to make sure it was running. It is running right now. The audio-only stream is up and running. You'll also find links to the podcast, which is available each and every day on Google and Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts, you can find me, baby. Uh, Also, all the links are there on the website at MichaelDukeShow.com. And, of course, you'll find links to our social media sites where we have have links uh, and where we're simulcasting the radio show each and every day. On Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. we got about 50 people hanging out with us in the chat room this morning talking about various things and uh, trying to distract me and, and you know, from <laughs> to get me on some kind of rant on something. Uh, so, yeah, <clears throat> come on out and join us. Also, of course, we're broadcasting on plain old regular terrestrial radio, which we just, I mean, that is my first love my first love plain old regular, regular terrestrial radio. Uh, on uh, your favorite radio station and or FM translator across the state. I mean, it's like, you know, a handful of stations and a bunch of like 27 translators or something. It's it's big. There's a lot. There's a lot happening here. We're, we're everywhere. We're worldwide. No, <clears throat> we're statewide. So anyway, um, what did I want to talk about? Oh, I remember now. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, well, I, I don't want to sound too gleeful on this. Okay. But you have to realize that I have a background in radio. Okay. So my whole, my whole life has been, my whole adult life has pretty much been radio. Uh, and so when I see this, I'm like long time coming, knew it was happening. Um, and you could see the paradigm shift. Um, and, and I mean, we've been talking about the paradigm shift in, um, how media is consumed for the last 20 years, right? I mean, with the advent of the internet, things changed tremendously. Um, and specifically we've seen the drop in, um, uh, in print media. I mean, when was the last time you actually picked up or bought a magazine, an actual physical magazine? Right. I mean, it's been I don't know. I can't tell you the last time I actually bought a physical magazine. It's been a hot minute, um, probably 10 years uh, that I that I just didn't pick one up, that it wasn't given to me, that I actually went out and paid money for one. Well, print is definitely 
uh, and has been definitely struggling over the last, uh, well, 20 years, but 10 years specifically, and it, it just gets worse. Black press media, according to Katie Anastasis from KTOO, black press media, which is the owner of three Alaska newspapers, is now seeking a new owner as it restructures to avoid bankruptcy. The Canadian company's U.S. branch, called Sound Publishing, owns the Juno Empire, the Peninsula Clarion, and the Homer News. The spokesperson for Black Press didn't answer any questions about whether the Alaskan papers would continue to publish long-term or whether the layoffs were planned, but he said the company plans to continue publishing its newspapers during the restructuring process. Uh, Black Press, by the way, along with the papers in Alaska, owns 94 papers in Canada and 35 newspapers and websites in Washington and six in Hawaii. So they're pretty big group, but they're having a hard time. Uh, Black Press has filed for creditor protection in Canada, which allows the company to come up with a plan to pay off the debt, similar to Chapter 11. Uh, across the country, local news has shrunk as investment firms uh, buy newspaper change uh, chains. Large chains like Gannett have made headlines for laying off staff. Regional chains have bought newspapers and closed or merged others. More than 2,800 newspapers uh, have closed since 2004, with the number of journalists working at local newspapers dropping by 60%. Now, on the one hand, uh, you know, this is like not is, is, is unavoidable, right? I mean, the, the change in technology, the way we consumed news, you know, now we have social media, uh, instance uh, instance of the Internet. You know, now we got these little things in our pockets, these little computers. Remember when we had just flip phones and you couldn't do anything? And now you've got a handheld computer in your pocket that bings and dings and tells you everything that's happening in the world at any given moment at any time. I mean, stuff has just changed, right? It's just that the, it was unavoidable. Uh, but what really got me about this was the fact that uh, when you look at it and see all the newspapers that have closed and the fact that the number of journalists working in local papers have dropped by 60 percent in just the last 20 years, that answers a few questions for me. Uh, and, you know, we, we keep talking about here in the state of Alaska about why we can't get journalism to you know, to ask the hard questions, to have the give and take, to dig into some of these things instead of just being a instead of just taking press releases from various agencies, or organizations and paraphrasing them and putting them in the article. We're not getting that dig deep because, I mean, let's face it. I think a lot of these guys are just happy to have a job. They're just they're not it, it. The idea of that kind of investigative journalism just doesn't seem to really pop at the local level, unfortunately. Uh, all the editors of the three papers and their publisher have declined comment on the uh, potential sale of black press media. The Juno Empire began publishing in 1912. Uh, last spring, Sound Publishing stopped local printing of the Empire and the Peninsula Clarion. They were printing them outside, and they're now only being printed twice a week. Um the company uh, company's announcement for restructuring came as the same day that the founder David Black announced his retirement, and there's I mean it's just, this is just like the perfect storm, right? So 
in on the one hand, it's tough because, you know, hopefully these papers were providing local information, local news and everything else. And I think that was a good thing. But most papers in the country failed to adapt. They failed to, you know, see the to make the changes necessary um, to secure their future in an era when print advertising was going the way of the dodo. Um, and the obviously the subscription base uh, model is not working. We'll talk about that here in a second. But the subscription-based model is not working, and they have done a so-so job of capturing the uh, advertiser-based model. Uh, because, I mean, let's face it, the advertiser – that's how radio works. Radio is based on an advertiser-based model where we sell advertising and you get radio for free, right? You can listen to this show for free uh, simply because we have advertisers who are willing to pay money to keep things on the air, to advertise their business, and and therefore you just continue from there. Um, most papers could not convert fast enough. Uh, to that model or did not embrace it fully or just didn't have the techno wherewithal to make it happen. But even some of the biggest papers are are showing. So, so that's what's going on with the Juno Empire, the Peninsula Clearing, and the Homer News looks like, because again, they wouldn't comment on whether or not they would continue to publish long-term. My my prediction at this point is that once the once any sale goes on and everything else, it's more than likely that those will become either online only components or they will go away entirely, which, again, is sad for communities that have depended on those outlets for local news. But again, as I have read many of these uh, papers throughout the years in covering state news. Um, a lot of it is regurgitated from other major, more major news outlets. So again, there hasn't been a lot of, you know, you got to, you, you got to localize everything that you're doing and you've got to become, especially if you're a small outlet or a small radio station or a small newspaper, you've got to become hyper local. And, um, and I think that that is part of the problem with this is that when you just start regurgitating stuff or reprinting articles from larger newspapers, people start going, well, why do I need you then? Right. That's that's my that's my personal opinion. Right? It may not be the truth. It may not be what's going. On. That's how I perceive it. OK. Uh, but even the Anchorage Daily News. So I get this email. I'm a subscriber to the ADN, right? I subscribe to the ADN so that I can get access to the article so that I can talk with them with you, right? You know, mostly. Um, because otherwise it just gets anyway. I pay, I pay the thing. So I get this email the other day, and it goes on to talk about dear valued reader. You know, thanks for subscribing to the Anchorage Daily News. And they go on to talk about they're thrilled to have me as a loyal reader. And they've been long valued and timely, high quality content. You have as a subscriber, you have full access to ADN.com, to state and local news, in-depth coverage of the legislature, business, sports, award-winning photography. Your subscription gives you access to the website and the app and the pro repping and the edits and the puzzles and the crosswords. And you join. Blah. I mean, this is just like. I'm reading through this thing like, yeah, what are you trying to, 
We appreciate your participation in the AutoPay automated payment program. Okay, I, okay. 97% of our digital customers are now enjoying benefits of our, you know, this is like, this whole thing is fluff from one end to the other. Then you get to the key, you get to the key sentence. At your next subscription renewal, your rate will be $201.24 per year. You'll continue to enjoy the benefits of the continuous discount from our retail prices, as well as the convenience of never having to write any checks or purchase stamps. Write a check or purchase a stamp? How? What century are you guys in? So and for those of you who don't know, and of course they don't mention this in the art, that is literally a doubling of the cost of the ADI. I think I paid $109, I think, last year for a year's subscription to the ADI. So it's almost a doubling of the cost of the subscription for digital access to the ADN. I don't get anything. I don't get any paper. I don't get any. It's just a digital subscription. Now, I suppose I should have logged out and actually looked to see what it would cost now. Maybe maybe somebody in the chat room can go look at uh, can go look at the ADN page because I'm logged in. So I it won't show me. But maybe as a, you could see what it would cost to become a new subscriber because they're telling me this is a discounted rate. Two hundred and one dollars and twenty four cents. But it, again, the, the reason I bring it up is that you could see. That this that they're struggling, too. If they have to, if they have to nearly double their subscription rate to stay afloat, and these other papers are now closing down. I know the 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 news miner in Fairbanks has had they've changed owners several times over the last twenty years. They, I mean, it's you know, I think it's an it's a non it's run as a nonprofit, right? The Snedden Foundation, don't they? Isn't that or did they get bought up by an actual for profit publisher? I think it's owned by a nonprofit at this point. But anyway. Things they are a changing, and uh, but you'll you'll pay for that privilege, that's for sure. Uh, but this just goes to show you what happens when you can't, um, when when you haven't adapted for the times, you know. And remember, the ADN had to file bankruptcy under Rogoff before it was bought by a new company that the Binkleys formed to then buy it, and I. I don't know how good of an investment that was for the Binkleys. I don't know. It's interesting to see. But that is the that is the new face of uh of uh of uh of media in the state of Alaska is that print looks like it's on its way out. Interesting. All right, we got to go. Uh, hour two continues. The phone lines are open. If you want to town, you don't have to talk about this. You can talk about whatever you want. We'd love to hear what you have to say. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Back with more right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show.
Okay. Um, here we go. Um, going back here. Um, anyone trying to negotiate anything when it comes to the safety and security of every state union needs to be over. So, Amy says, I'm not going into any tunnel. There may be ghosts in there. You guys. <laughs> you guys. Um, 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 okay. David said, I asked David if he was paying attention to the national issues and he said, yeah. And he talked about the trickle down into our K-12 schools to which, I mean, I could see part of that, but again, can I do anything about it? No. So I'm not, again, I'm just, I appreciate it, David. I'm just saying. It wasn't anything that I can do anything about. Um, um, that's so much fun. Oh, Terry says, it's so much fun, the art of distraction. You guys distracting me. Uh, Bradley says, he's okay with the tunnel, whatever it takes to connect Anchorage to the Point McKenzie area. I'm with you, Bradley. I mean, come on. It it just, you know. Jeannie, oh my God. Jeannie, she's always the contrarian. Always the contrary. She says, I get a couple magazines every month. Did you subscribe and buy them? Is that, or did you get them for free? I mean, because I, I get mail sometimes with magazines in them, and I'm like, why are you giving? Um, and who's buying advertising in these magazines? That from the advertising side of me, of my world, that's what I'm like. Who is buying the who? Why? Why? Um. Okay, Earth Tremors. Um, it's pretty sad when a 16-year-old kid can get fired from McDonald's for screwing up an order, but some jackass in D.C. helps dump fuel on a national security threat and crisis rips off taxpayers and allowed to carry on without consequence. Uh, I don't know what Richard's talking about specifically, but there you go. Uh, and then Fat Ray and, and, and on Facebook or on YouTube says most papers in America are staffed by commies. Yeah, there is definitely a little bit of a liberal slant to most of the newspapers in America, that's for sure. Willie says, watch the Binkley Group buy them up. Then they'd own the ADN, the Bristol Bay Fishermen, and Dutch Harbor. They'd control print nearly statewide. I think they might be having enough. Again, if they have to double their subscription costs. Did anybody go out for me and take a look at what the ADN? Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can go to the ADN and I guess I have to do it in an incognito window to open to see so that I could see what it would cost to get our free newsletter. No, I want to subscribe. Tell me how much that is. Uh, Anchorage Daily News. Unlimited digital access. Um, un- best value one year is $1.92 a week. Why? What? Oh, I'm getting screwed. Um, what? Unlimited digital access is for as low as $1.99 for the first month, and then $9.99 a month for five months, and then $16.99 a month thereafter paid monthly. But if you buy it for the year... It's $1.92 a week. What the actual? 
<laughs> what is in a 192 times 52, $99.84 a month. Why am I? What? All right, I'm confused. <clears throat> they just said they're going to charge me 200 bucks a year. And their unlimited digital on their website says it's $99.84 a month. Okay. <clears throat> I have to make a phone call. <laughs> what the hell is actually going on on there? Uh, okay. We're, uh, we're going to, we're going to continue to, uh, we're going to continue to go on. Thank you, Mike, for Mike actually looked it up. I hadn't gotten down that far yet. Here we go. The Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty-based free thinking radio, like, share, subscribe, ring the bell, uh, do all the stuff. Let's get to it. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> I just, during the break, somebody reported, I got two different reports from the chat room about the cost of the ADN thing. And one was $203 a year. And the other one was 90. I went out and looked myself 99. I think I'm getting screwed. I think I'm going to have to place a call to the ADN when I get done to their circulation department. to ask them what the actual heck is going on. Uh, anyway. Uh, we're going to, we're going to talk, we'll talk about that later. I mean, uh, things are changing, baby. That's all I can say. The more they, the more they change, the more they stay the same. That's what's going on. All right. Uh, what else we got going on here this morning? Well, the phone lines are open 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Love to hear what you guys have to say. You can also drop me an email this morning if you'd like. Uh, me at MichaelDukeShow.com. M-E at MichaelDukeShow.com. Um, I'd love to hear what, you know, what your thoughts are on any of the topics that we've hit on this morning uh, and then some. I'd like to talk a little bit again about the, um, uh, about the, the dependency aspect of the state of Alaska. We have become more and more of a dependency state, not just, and I'm not just talking about the right wing talking point of all the people who are on welfare, although there are a lot of people on welfare or, I mean, you know, we've got 270 something thousand people on Medicaid, uh, you know, about a third of the state. Uh, and of course other social safety nets and things like that, but it's not just that it's the corporate welfare as well. Um, Somebody in the chat room earlier <clears throat> said, it was Gail, I believe, talked about the House Rules Committee having Bill 140 coming up um, and uh, where there's a Lyman Hoffman is there. Apparently, he's the chairman of the board for the Bethel Native Corp. They have $100 million in contracts for laying high-speed fiber lines. Is he going to recuse himself? Probably not. And then they talked, she talked about they want more money for high-speed internet when our state has great coverage with Starlink. And she said a couple of years ago, she was told uh, but that the Nome School District paid GCI 
$250,000 a month for its internet. Again, we're funding things like GCI with <laughs> we're funding things like GCI with uh, state dollars. We created that dependency state. Well, like I said earlier in the program, um, it was interesting that I get some I get some I don't know how people get my email address, uh, especially for my work email. Uh, but I got this I got this press release. And the press release, I was like, okay, um, this is kind of a what are you what are you trying to to uh, do? This is a press release from Arctic Slope Telephone Association Cooperative, ASTAC, ASTAC, A S T A C. So the the press release reads, and I'm quoting now. Uh, Aztec, a leader in fiber connectivity in the state and a nation, has achieved a significant milestone, having connected 91% of North Slope residences and businesses to their fiber network. They're dedicating to providing residents with high-speed, reliable, and future-proof Internet services. The investment and deployment of the fiber-to-home technology will ensure that customer experiences unparalleled Internet speeds, low latency, and seamless online experience in both work and leisure. In addition, the cooperative had dropped its prices on all plans and now offers unlimited connectivity to all communities. The plan price drops in combination with the Affordable Connectivity Program, which is a government program through the FCC, makes for the fastest and most affordable Internet service at the top of the world. Uh, and they go on to talk about they plan to complete 100% fiber-to-home connections and everything else. Now, remember, some of these Internet connections, and we talked about this a while back, in some of these more rural areas where I think Reason was the one that had the article on this, where they're trying to force internet for all in every way, and they're trying to lay the fiber, and they were saying the connectivity to some of these residences in some of these places, it was like $30,000 to connect some of these places up. Of course, the government's eating all that along. So I thought, okay, well, wait, you're, you're dropping your prices in plans with every, okay, so wow, well, tell me more. Tell me more about you've got, uh, you know, you you in combination with the affordable connectivity program, so you're getting government money to offset the cost of some of this stuff. So how much are your affordable internet plans up there on the North Slope? So I went over to their website. <laughs> I went over to their website. And if you want unlimited, oh, unlimited, uh, you know, up, up and down, whatever, um, you know, you're going to pay some money. The cheapest plan, unless you're an elder, if you're an elder, you get a special deal. We're just going to, we'll push that aside for the moment. But the cheapest plan for home internet is $149 a month, 150 bucks a month. Now with the ACP, the affordable connectivity program, you would only pay 75, but that would give you a blistering speed of five megabytes. <laughs> of a five megabyte download. Um, which, again, the, the, the five, <laughs> I just can't even, I can't even. Five megabyte download. You have to understand that if you're talking about different plans that are comparative, the GCI one gig red, one gig is a thousand megabytes. 
and you'll pay 189 bucks or whatever it is for. They want you to pay 150 bucks for five megabytes. Okay, okay, maybe that's not a. Give me, give me a. What's the next one? 25 megabytes. Okay, that's good for regular standard video, not for HD video, not for gaming really or anything. You know, 25, 200 bucks a month. Okay, all right. Well, tell me, I give me a little bit more. How 100 megabytes? 275 bucks a month. Well, only 200 if you get the ACP, the government money to come in. But if you want the best that they the best for streaming, video games, online gaming, blah, blah, 500 megabytes, half a gig. It's only $400 a month. This is in Atkasak, uh, Nuiksik, uh, Point Hope, Uktiavik, uh, Wainwright, Anatovic Pass, Kaktovic, and Point Lay. Five four hundred dollars a month. Here's what killed me at the end of it. Down at the bottom of the page, they they have a link for a Starlink equipment buyback. Astac is now offering to buy back Starlink equipment as you switch to our amazing new plans. Bring us your old Starlink equipment, and we'll apply a credit to your account instantly. Now, here's what I don't understand: Starlink which has had amazing results across the state of Alaska, only costs $90 a month for a 500 megabyte download. $90. So it's literally 25%. uh, Doesn't take any government money. Doesn't require any of this. I just, this is part of the problem. Okay, I don't know anybody that works for Arctic Slope Telephone. I don't know. I'm not I'm not trying to criticize them per se. I'm saying this is a prime example of the government dependency where we built something up and now I mean they even have the chutzpah at the end to say trade in your free market option, your Starlink which you're getting, you know. Yeah, I mean we give you the same speed only at four times the cost. No big deal. I just, I'm just like, what? We went unlimited. That's right. All our customers are limited. Means your speeds are the fastest in the market. Only four hundred dollars. Only four, and they don't even offer this high speed stuff to Anaktuvik, Kaktovik, or Point Lay. This is all at some of the larger areas. I mean, there's just four hundred, four hundred dollars. For 500 gigabyte or 500 megabytes, half a gig. I mean, I have a two gig plan. I, we're, I'm running the studio here on a two gig plan that costs half as much as that. So I get four times the speed when it works. I get four times the speed for half the price. I you know, granted, they're in the rural community, but why wouldn't you use a star? <laughs> this is part of the problem. This is part of the problem. Why didn't we just go to Elon Musk and ask, you know, for the federal government of the state to buy a whole bunch of Starlinks at a discounted price? Let's just buy them in bulk. If if that was the case, if you're going to spend the government money, but no, we've got to run fiber to everything. This I just it 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 just floored me when I'm reading this. They dropped it right in my email box. What am I supposed to do? I had to read it and then comment on it. All right, let's go over to the phone. Somebody else has uh, got something to say out there. Let's uh, see what they they have. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? 
Good morning, Michael. This is Carlene in Kodiak. Good morning, Carlene. It, it kind of feels like a scam because fiber optics was obsolete at least 25 years ago, maybe 28 or 30 years ago. It feels like they're going to get everybody in on fiber optics, and then a few years down the line, they'll go to things like Starlink. Thanks, Michael. Uh, well, thank you, Carlene. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, maybe is that the plan? I, do, I just don't understand why you would lay legacy, you know, hardware and fiber and have to do it across you know, tundra and miles and miles. Why wouldn't you just, if you've got the option, and it's four hundred and ninety nine bucks for the hardware, which I think is what it is for Starlink right now, and ninety bucks a month thereafter. Why? <laughs> I, I just I just don't I cannot fathom it. I cannot I cannot fathom it. The greed. I mean, I just I just don't understand what's what's going on there. Other than the fact that again we've created a dependency state. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. I just don't fathom it. All right, uh, we gotta go. One final segment up next. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the other bills that are going on out there. And we'll talk about the Alaska House and their new education package. Uh, phone lines are open at 907-433-3150. If you want to sound off on this or anything else, feel free to come on in and join us. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Listened to by more staffers in Juno than any other show. Because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're gonna be pissed. You're a bad, bad man. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. Uh, I wasn't going to argue with Carlene at the time. Fiber is not obsolete, but I mean, <laughs> I, I just, I just don't even, just don't even know. I just don't even know. <sighs> $250,000 a month for internet from the Nome School District. <laughs> And the fact that some of these hookups to some of these locations, they're, they're looking for a nut. Where's I closed the thing, the press release. 91%. They're at 91% right now of all households on the North Slope. How much did it cost to run fiber to some? I mean, how much? I, 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 I mean, wow. Wow. <laughs> Uh, uh, I did hook up the Starlink. I just didn't hook it up to the system here. I did hook it up to check it out and yeah, I'm still paying for it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's there just in case is what it's there for. And it's there for, if I decide to do some serious traveling, I could take it with me and broadcast from anywhere. That's what I love. I love. 
Okay. Um, here's your chance, Denise. Tell about the fiasco you're dealing with Medicaid. Yeah, Denise, if you want to call up and talk about something, that's uh, that's that's what, what I want to hear. Did you hear that the word that T-Mobile is teaming up with Starlink to do satellite phones instead of cellular? I'd buy me a Samsung satellite phone, unlimited everything. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, if they're working with Starlink, yeah, that's uh, that's good. Um, perhaps you could buy her ears tours on private. Um, no more free access to the no more free access. Yeah, that's <laughs> five megabytes. That's some fast internet. <laughs> That's some fast internet at five megabytes. <laughs> I, I just don't even know what's going on with that. Um, uh, the ACP is a pretty big thumb in Elon Musk's eye, says Fat Ray. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, they're just giving money to, I mean, they're, well, you saw that they were basically $150 a month subsidy to every subscriber. I mean, wow. Um, teachers here have unlimited GCI in teacher housing for free, courtesy of the district. They're buying Starlink and paying $90 a month and wishing for Starlink in the schools just so they can keep, it's just so they can teach. Um, Harold says in the village or in the rural Bush community says kids were gaming and three TVs all on the same Starlink router. Yeah. Um, we don't even have fiber in the keen eye says Jeannie. Yeah. Um, I'm going over there. I'm just, I'm still reading some of your comments here. It's too costly to lay the infrastructure here and any company that does isn't going to eat that cost their customers are. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, I'm sorry. Okay. When you take a cruise, here's my question, says Tony. If you take a cruise, if you want internet, you have to pay a large fee. Why? Passengers can choose from three internet packages, 20 bucks for 60 minutes, 30 bucks for a one-day pass, and 20 bucks per day for the full voyage, unlimited option. Why? Because you're a captive audience. That's why. I mean, that would be the, I guess that's why. Why would you do that? I mean, that's just what it is. Why do you have to pay for the air thing in the airplane when you're using internet on the airplane. It's the same thing. Um, okay. <laughs> Natasha's still getting her two cents in even when she's not in the Senate. Yeah, of course she is. Um, okay. Uh, your power probably goes out more than the net. It's not your money. Then you don't care how much your internet costs. Um, MD, should I throw my acoustic coupler away or put it on eBay? Don't ask me those kind of questions because I'd just put it on the shelf somewhere just in case I needed it again one day. <laughs> and yeah, GCI has apparently got two, they've got two Starlink dishes on their Bethel office. That's the, that's the, that's, you know. 
Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right, we're gonna govern. Oh man, Leela. Leela's on fire with this comment, which I don't have time to read. I guess we'll get to it here in the next segment. Uh, but uh, here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, welcome back. I got one. I've got some lines on hold here. I'm going to get to, uh, but, uh, Layla in the chat room actually makes a, a pretty valid comment here, which I think is interesting. Um, because people are like, well, fiber is not obsolete. Well, not in part, it's not obsolete, but I guess it also depends on where you, where you, uh, uh, you know, where you engage it, where you put it. Layla says Quintillion started building out the cable this fiber link connection to the slope villages before Starlink was anything other than a gleam in Elon's massive brain. It was a theory for most people during the construction, but yeah, after billions of dollars in investment of people literally going to prison to build it, the fiber object was rendered obsolete by Starlink. Some people can't admit the private sector did it better because the private sector always does it better. And yeah, so and I guess it's not obsolete as a technology, but in a comparison between satellite and the expense is is where it becomes the obsolete option at that point. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, we got more stuff to talk about here, but I've got a line on hold. Let's uh, jump over to it right now and see what uh, you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Denise and Wasilla. How are you? I am finer than frog hair. Split four ways. What What's going on, Denise? What's happening with you? Well, um, I'm calling in just about uh, the the little. I call. I'm, I've decided to call it Medicaid Madness Road that I am currently on. Um, back in uh, late November, one of my grandsons, who's a type one diabetic, was bumped, and all Medicaid has ever been able to tell us is that it was a glitch in the system. Um, and before um, we could get authorization to get his medication, he was within six hours of needing his new pod and his new medication. So when I was calling frantically to try to explain to people, all I got was uh, call this number, wait on hold, um, go online, fill out, a, fill out a form, and finally I called the governor's office and I said, look, this is an emergency situation. I can't wait for, you know, for five days for someone to read this or not read this. Um, actually, uh, Kevin McCabe got involved and was actually able to get something done, which I think I'm so thankful for him, but I think it's absolutely ridiculous that I had to even contact him to get an emergency situation for my grandson to get his medication. Right. Um, then in January, uh, at the time, once we got all sorted out and we got the Medicaid people online, we checked to make sure all the other grandkids were okay, and they told us they, that everything was good. It was just a glitch in the system. So in January, my granddaughter, who has rheumatoid arthritis and is an adult with autism, so she will always need help, was also bumped off. And so the Medi Medicaid madness started all over again. Um, and 
part of what I want to do is I want to make people aware of what you deal with. Number one, don't call Medicaid on a Wednesday because they will put you in a queue. You will sit anywhere from one to four hours. Then you'll get this lovely little message that they are at capacity and call back and start over again tomorrow. And what I found out is there's actually nobody there to answer the phones. It's a paperwork day. So I think it's uh, a, you know, disingenuous of them to even have us wasting our time waiting on hold. Why not just say, nobody's going to answer your phone call today. Right. Have a, have a recording know, that says like, it's I, Wednesday. We're not in the office today. We're doing paperwork. Uh, call back tomorrow. Why make exactly. you wait on four hours exactly. to get that message? I know. So um, the other thing they will tell you is if you, if you try to do it, because I mean, I'm 60, I want to see somebody face to face. So I said, well, I'm just going to go into the office. Well, the people on the phone will tell you that the offices aren't open, which they are open because I got in my car and drove down there. The people at the office are getting upset with the people on the phone for saying that they're not open when they are open. And the difference is the people on the phone are a paid contract operation by the state versus, you know, the, the people that are actually working here. So I have found out that it, it takes less time to go down and stand in line than it does to wait on hold. So you're probably going to be better off if you just go stand in line. So they've outsourced all the phone stuff to a private company that's doing stuff like this, leave, yeah. leaving you on hold for hours. One day I got, I got one day call. Yeah, one day when I was calling, I got a lady in New York, and instead of giving me the Medicaid office, she forwarded me to SNAPS. Well, we're not looking for SNAPS. We're looking for medication for a diabetic grandson and an autistic granddaughter with rheumatoid right. arthritis. Right. You know, so it's like it's um, – I just to – I finally got um, eligibility forms for my granddaughter that they printed off at the office in Wasilla yesterday to get her medication – um, because she'll be out of medication this weekend. Um, and it uh, it took me probably an hour and a half at the office. This was after, you know, I've spent two and a half days trying to get it taken care of on the phone. So it's just, um, I think there's, you know, I told the lady at the office, I said, you've, you've got this game, but you're not giving us the rules. So as I figure out the rules, I'll try to let people know. <laughs> what the rules are to the right. game they want you to play. Right. Um, well, and it's frustrating. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, the idea is, you know, we advocate on this program and have for years that, you know, privatization of a lot of things makes sense. But if you've got a contractor who's out there doing things like this, that kind of throws mud in the face of anybody who's suggesting that maybe you should privatize some of this stuff if they can't do the job. That's the thing. They have to be able yeah, to deliver have, on it. I have no idea what the state is paying, but I, I can tell you this. With everything that I have done, um, the governor's office has been zero help, and I have had zero feedback from them, with the exception of one of the governor's assistants who said that I was being uh, rude and a bully when I refused to go online when my grandson needed his medication. I said, I don't think you understand. I don't have five days. He's going to need his medication within the next 12 to 24 hours. Whenever his little pod beeps, you got to change it. And um, still to this day, no one's ever said anything other than, oh, it was a glitch in the system. Well, I mean, how many glitches in the system are, you know, potentially 
costing people lives. And I, I, I wrote an email to several of the legislation saying when somebody who's on Medicaid dies because they don't get the, you know, the life-saving medication they need, whose fault is that? Right, especially you know, if it's a glitch, glitch in your system. Yeah, especially you know, if it's and a glitch. And I don't want yeah. to be melodramatic about that, but we literally got his medication six hours before he before he needed it. Yeah, that's um, it's it's amazing. This is, I mean, you 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 are right now. This is the this is the poster child, the case study for government efficiency at this point. Uh, this is exactly the case study mm-hmm. that nobody wants to see. It's like, would you like the DMV you know, running your health care? Medical- I worked in the medical field years ago, back in, um, you know, the early 2000s. And even then, working in the office, we, we knew Medicaid was broken then. And so having to work it on the other end of it, I can honestly tell you, as a, as a medical person who worked with billing, it was easier to navigate Medicaid on that end than it is as a private citizen. And I just wonder... For anyone who doesn't have my background or my tenacity or my bullying or rudeness, how do they get anything accomplished? You know, right. when they need something for right. a family member. Right. Well, and it, you know, this kind of stuff is happening not even just on the Medicaid side. I was having a conversation uh, with my insurance broker talking about, uh, you know, some things that had been denied and why are we having to jump through all these hoops. And she told me, she said, even the private insurers now are denying a huge majority of requests uh, simply because they know that something like 60, 50 something percent of the people will never question the denial, even though it's something that's covered under their plan. Oh, right. That's been, I mean, that's you know. been going on since in the, in the early 2000s. I can, I can tell you, because I had a friend that worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield, I don't know if this is still their practice, but I was told, why do I have so many Blue Cross Blue Shield um, cases being bumped back? And she said, their standard policy is every 11th claim that comes through, you automatically deny it because the majority of the people will never come back and say, why did you deny my claim? Right. That's the thing. I mean, these are things that are these are things that are supposed to be covered, and they just like and they say like over fifty percent never never bother to question it. I don't know how much money that saves the insurance companies, but it it's you know it's it's crazy. But this is the system that we're living under now, and I don't know. I wish I knew how to fix it. I wish I knew how to fix. Well, I'll tell you how I'd fix what you're talking about there. That Medicare thing. I'd find a company that would actually be truthful. We're not open today. We're we're on paperwork. We're doing whatever. Please call back tomorrow. Well, I mean, I actually. So I, I I told a friend of mine who watches the show. I said I'm on my soapbox. I'm a grandma that does nothing but gardening. And guess what? It's winter time. So I'm on my soapbox right now. If I get nothing accomplished before the day I die, I want them to say we're not open on Wednesdays. Don't bother calling. Right. That's all I want. That's all I want is a little truth. Just give me the truth. Don't make me sit yeah. around with my cell phone pressed against my ear for four hours for your recording to say, please call back well, tomorrow. Can you, can you imagine fam, uh, you know, family members, moms and dads who are at work every day? Because I do this. My, my kids have given me um, you know, the, the okay to work on their behalf through the Medicaid system because you know, they, they can't sit at work jeopardizing their jobs 
on the phone for hours on a right. Wednesday only to find out there's nobody They there. can't do it, yeah. So. Mel- Melissa in the chat room sums it up nicely. She says she's not wrong, uh, but asked the government uh, for free naloxone for ODs. They hand it out like candy and be all over it, but have a type 1 diabetic who's struggling to get coverage and their lives yeah, are in danger. It's it's She's 8 years old. Yeah, it's crazy so. stuff. All right, well, Denise, thank you for the uh, thank you for the insight. Don't bother to call Medicaid on Wednesday. Uh, and uh, appreciate you calling in, Denise. Thanks so much and thanks for thanks for working right, so hard. Day. Appreciate it. Uh, all right. Bye-bye. Well, uh, that's it for today. I didn't even get to the we'll get to the rest of the stuff next week. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Be kind, love one another, live well. We'll be back tomorrow for Firearms Friday. Well, I don't know if I don't know if that show was good or bad. I mean, I just I wanted to talk about some of this stuff. I mean, that that internet thing just blew my mind. Blew my mind. They actually have the balls to say, "Come get our cheap internet at 400 bucks a month." Oh, and trade your Starlink equipment in at the same time. We'll give you a credit. What? I mean, that's what's wrong with this place right now. I tell you, that's what's wrong with it. Government subsidized, squeezing the the private the private sector solutions out of the market, even though they do better and they do it for less. We're committed to it now, though. We got to do it. We're committed to it now. It's insane. All right, my friends, we will see you tomorrow. Have a great day.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 